we get so busy and life gets so frenetic and fast paced that I think we can forget. And I certainly had that we're the boss of that. And so when the world pushed the pause button for me, it was actually a huge blessing because I had just gotten on this hamster wheel and added more and more and more and didn't really like it. And I was frazzled and didn't even realize it. And I was always tired and I was always busy. And yet if I really looked at it, it was like, I put all those things there, or at least most of them. And that again, that sounds so simplistic when you say it out loud, but I think we can forget that we are in charge of our own calendar and we don't have to say yes to everything. So when I was provided that beautiful opportunity where we literally had to say no to all of it, it was like, oh, my schedule's been cleaned off for me. And guess what? I get to pick what goes back on my plate after this. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Are you a working mom in the Seattle area? Are you feeling overwhelmed and overloaded? As working moms, we want it all. Career, home, family, friends, health, a nap. But actually having it all is a lot of work. More than any one person can handle on their own. That's why we're so excited about this brand new service founded by a working mom with four kids that's going to help moms conquer their never-ending to-do list so they can regain some joy and balance in their lives. How can it help? There are quite a few ways this service can help moms. First, it can help own and manage your schedule so your schedule doesn't own you. It can help with those pesky home maintenance to-dos that you keep putting off, stuff like researching local pros, compiling quotes, and comparing products. It can also help with keeping up with kids' needs as they grow, stuff like making sure they have clothes that fit, toys they love, and books they can't put down. It can help you put the focus on yourself, at least some of the time, finally making those self-care to-dos a priority and find a little more balance in the busyness. Even help with planning the fun stuff so it becomes less of a chore and more fun. Stuff like birthday parties, date nights, and weekend activities for the family. And they need Seattle moms like you to participate in their private beta for free to help inform the development. Are you interested? Go to yolabs.com slash beta. That's Y-O-L-A-B-S dot com slash beta, B-E-T-A. The service is normally $100 a month, but you can be among the first to try it out totally free. Only 25 spaces are left in the Seattle area, so hurry and sign up today. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the season four finale of Raising Adults. We are so happy to have you with us. I cannot believe that we are closing out season four, Dina. It's wild, right? Super amazing. I feel like cue the fireworks. Like it's it's really amazing that yeah. we're wrapping up season four. Yeah. So thank you, listeners, because we literally wouldn't be doing a fifth season if it weren't for you. Come in here every day, listening to what we have to say about life and the world and parenting and joining us on this like crazy journey of parenthood. We are just so grateful that that you're here and that you're with us. I want to give a special shout out to our members, everyone who joined, because this was the season that we started membership. Thank you to everyone who's become a member. You literally keep the show afloat. I know that sounds kind of dramatic, but it's 
actually true. Like mm-hmm. we literally could not run the show without our members. So thank you so, so much for the support and for joining us. And we have two new members who just joined. We've got Christine and Kayla. Thank you so much for showing up and being a member and joining the FFP family. Um, we just love you guys. It's just incredible. We get to hear from our listeners. We get to talk to our members, like get the engagement piece. Don't you think, Dina? Like there's yes. been so much more of that and we've had much more access to this family and it's just been really special. Yeah. The engagement is so nice and connecting with other people who are really seeking to parent this way. It's so it's really special because you know there's other people out there who are trying to be intentional in in this important role we have as parents, but getting to actually see them, talk to them, hear from them yeah. is really amazing. Yeah, that's well said. I love that. So let, we're going to tell you what's going to happen because if you know anything about Dina and I, we like a system. We're planners. We like We want people to know what's coming. So today is the season four finale. And we are going to talk about what we learned this season, Dina and I. How did we grow as people and as parents and what's coming for us next season? Then we're going to take a two-week break, but we have episodes for you. We have replays of two of our most popular episodes, things that we thought also would be thought-provoking for you over the break to be thinking about as we come into season five and setting some intentions because we're all about being intentional, um, being a little proactive in your parenting. So we have two mm-hmm. replay episodes for you, so don't miss those. And then we are back on July 19th with season five. So be sure to join us. We are so, so excited, as you've heard. We're very pleased. It's yeah. And if you're one of our newer listeners, say you've heard us on another podcast and popped over here, or you've come on board in the last year or so, these will likely be episodes you haven't heard yet unless you went back and binged the whole thing. Right. So it's also a great opportunity for those of you who might be newer to the Future Focused Parenting crew to um, get some of those topics that we've talked about that you maybe haven't heard us touch on before. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. That's, a, that's very true. Okay. So what'd you learn this year, Dina? Do you have a why for today? <laughs> <laughs> or do we just want to dive into do I have a why do you have a why I mean why I, I, <laughs> I mean I, I found myself asking that question a lot in the past year so yeah I have a why but it was the genuine like why why is this happening, <laughs> is this happening? and when will it be over will it be over I mean there really were moments like that for me I mean I say that in a lighthearted tone but I asked the actual why question like why now why? the whole world, you know, all of that. So that's probably the least structured why I've ever had on the show. But I mean, that's just reality. Well, and appropriate for just the crazy year that we had, right? Like, that makes sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my why is really, I said this right before we hit record, but I, I really firmly believe that if you were in a privileged position during this pandemic, which means you had enough food and enough money and shelter and a loving home, everybody's jobs were okay, that everyone had an opportunity for growth this year. We had a chance to reflect. We had a chance to learn something. Um, and that was became really clear really early on for me and was really important. So that's my why, that there was just this incredible opportunity to reflect, to go quiet for a minute, to think about things. And for, for my kids too, right, to teach them that that skill of growth and what are you learning? What are you learning right now? What has mm-hmm. this opportunity provided you? Um, so that's my why. 
So (laughs) you learned a lot. So maybe you should start because I know you have multiple things to share with um, our audience. I learned so much. I think this was possibly my greatest year of growth. And it corresponded with turning 40, which is really interesting. So it's hard to know like how much of it was actually just developmental because I feel like we do go through these developmental stages even as adults, right? Sure. Um, And how much of it was COVID. But the, the first thing I learned that I mean, it is what it is, is that I do really well in a crisis, like really well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I've kind of always known that about myself, but it was it was very clear. It was like, I just go into a place of problem solving and I go into a place of gratitude and focusing on like, what is good here and what what can I lean into that's going to help me feel okay and perspective and, and all of that. And so it was just, it, that was nice to realize about myself because I think sometimes I think I'm pretty dramatic. And, you know, we all think yucky things about ourselves. And it was kind of nice to go, oh, this is this is something good about me that I bring mm. to the table. Like I do I do pretty well in a crisis. So that was, that was the first little thing I learned. <laughs> but because I have like eight things on my list, I will jump straight to number two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Way to go. Thank you. So I think the biggest thing I learned this year out of everything was I learned who my real friends are. And what I need and want from my relationships. And I will be doing relationships completely differently moving forward for the rest of my life because of this experience. And I think that there were like, this was very multifaceted. So a friend of mine, one of our members actually, Hillary, was talking about you and I, Dina, and I shared this with you kind of off mic. Um, And she was saying, you know, the thing about you and Dina is as different as you are, you both really agree about how we should be treating each other like how friends should treat each other. And that like blew my mind, just this like concept of that's so true. And when I looked at the relationships in my life that were the most happy, the easiest, the ones that filled me up the most, it's that we all agree we have a shared view on how we should be treating each other. And the thing is, what I learned is that actually there's lots of different views on this. And it's not Mm. like the other views are wrong. It's that They don't match my view. And I get to pick who I'm in relationship with, Dina. Like that was mind boggling to me. Like I can choose that. I don't have to be friends with everyone. I don't have to go for coffee with everyone. I don't have to. And I think because I had a childhood that was, I think, a little lonely as an only child and we moved around a lot, I was always trying to build this giant community and this family. And I, what I need from my relationships is that we agree on how we treat each other. And COVID gave me an opportunity to really see. (laughs) Yeah. Like, wow, we are not on the same page about how we treat each other. And so I am now really examining my relationships and going, I I get to pick that. I get to pick that. And I want to pick, I want to go smaller, I think. And I want to pick the relationships where we agree. Hmm. We agree on how we treat each other because those are safe relationships for me. And if I don't feel safe, like, why, why? Why would I be in a relationship that doesn't feel yeah. safe? That's just silly. So, so when you say go smaller, you mean maybe a smaller circle, but where you're sure that you have that foundation of agreeing on how to treat people? Yeah, I think so. I think okay. so. And I think that doesn't mean I don't love the people that I had these relationships with. But I think for me, I, I've always given all of myself to everyone. That I don't do acquaintances. I just don't. Like, I don't know how to do that. And I'm realizing I need a skill set for that. Mm. I need to develop 
outer circle. <laughs> yes. Like not everyone should be allowed in the inner circle. And that's okay. I shouldn't be allowed in everyone's inner circle. It's not a judgment on other people. It's just my inner circle needs to be people where we agree. We agree. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean a conversation, but where no matter what's going on, I know I'm safe because that matches. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing that there's less of that in my life than I thought. And that I need to just really spend time and energy on those relationships. And th- those are the people that get everything. And then yeah. I need to I need to learn the skill of holding a little bit back and protecting myself in relationships where we just see that differently. Again, it's not that they're wrong. They have they should be seeking out relationships with people who match how they feel like you should treat each other, right? Right. So yeah, that's my my biggest area of growth. And what's been really cool is I think my kids learned that this year too, because they really saw like, how is my community showing up for our family who's in this unique situation? And who were the the friends that were like, of course I'll put on a mask. Of course that's no big deal. And who were the friends that were grumpy about it or made them feel yucky about it or just didn't include them because it meant that they had to be a little uncomfortable. And I think they really learned this year as well. And that was great. I mean, what a formative age to get to carry that forward. So I'm going to shut up now because I've just talked for like 10 minutes, Dina. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Please share. Please share with our listeners. You're fine. I'm going to start with my biggest kind of philosophical one too, the one that's the intangible. And that is that I really brought into sharp relief for me how important it is to respect that people handle big, scary things really differently. And that we don't know why Mm -hmm. always they're making the choice they're making, unless they're in that inner circle you're describing. And so this was such a unique opportunity to practice even saying to myself, oh, I don't, I don't know their story. I don't know all the reasons they might be choosing that. And that was really profound for me because I think I'm a person, I'm pretty quick to, I'm an analytical thinker, but it also means I can be kind of quick to judge a situation and assume I know what's going on. And, oh, yep, that's that, you know, call it what it is. And instead of saying, you know, there's, there's a story behind that. And it's interesting, but I've heard that before. I mean, throughout my life, well, you don't know that person's story or you don't know what kind of day they've had or whatever, but that's never really resonated with me, if I'm being honest, until this year, hmm. because it brought it into such sharp focus that everyone handles things for a different reason. I mean, I think some people were even surprised by the apparent dissonance between how I handled it and why, because I looked like the more relaxed person. And it's actually because I'm such an anxious person. And I I think we even talked about that on one of our episodes. And so that, that kind of showed me, it's like, well, if people didn't know that they might make a really interesting assumption about me, that would be totally inaccurate. Yep. Yep. So that's been really helpful. And I think it's something I'll carry forward into the way I navigate from now on, just respecting different handling of relationships, different handling of parenting, even obviously I have strong feelings about parenting, but respecting that people do things differently for different reasons. And we're not always privy to those reasons. So we can choose to respect those differences, or we can have a lot of really frustrating relationships. And I'm Mm -hmm. not really interested in frustrating relationships. I love that. And I think what's so interesting is that I wonder, I'm just curious, I guess, but like, you know, again, you and I are such a great example of this, right? Two people handling this situation totally differently. 
but agreeing on how we treat each other. Mm-hmm. And does that compassion that you're talking about and that will that empathy, that willingness to really like be willing to consider something might be going on for that person that I don't even know about, you know, how does how does that actually then really resonate with the fact that you can be two different, completely different perspectives, but because you agree that we should be empathetic and we should be considering those things, that we're agreeing on how we treat each other. Does yeah. that make sense? I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm like not making any sense, but it no, strikes me that those two things go hand in hand. They do. Right? I think they absolutely do. Because then even if you're doing something differently, I think there's a much better chance the relationship won't suffer as a result because there's this inherent understanding of, you know, I get it that I don't know all the facets of your life. And I get it that I'm making the choices over here that feel best for my family and my safety. But I also really get that you're doing that same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's exactly it. So I do, I do think they're really interrelated. Hmm. Wow, I love that. Okay, should I move down my list? Yes, let's go for it. <laughs> moving okay, on, Kira. Moving on. I'm I'm trying to like truncate things and put things together into categories. So the other thing I learned a lot about, and I think this kind of goes with what I know you're going to talk about next. I was floored by how much busier I was than I thought I was mm-hmm. and how much I didn't like it, but I thought I did. And so two things have come out of that for me. One is an absolute commitment to slowing down and never letting it get that fast ever again. So we have decided in our house that we don't make plans on Sundays ever. Sorry. Like that's just a day for us to fart around the house and relax and be spontaneous and not feel like we're running from place to place because that's Mm -hmm. how our weekends used to feel was it was like okay we had the work week and the school week and then the weekend it wasn't downtime it was just one run from this thing to that thing to this thing to that thing and those were wonderful lovely things but I don't want to do as many of those so the combo pack with that is I've also learned that I'm not doing obligation anymore I'm done with obligation. And I think there's a difference between doing something because you care about someone and it matters to them and therefore you show up for that because it it doesn't it's not obligatory. You want to show up for your person because you agree about how to treat each other, right? Mm-hmm. And doing something that you're like I don't even want to be here. I don't even want to go yeah. to that. And 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 this is for someone that maybe I'm not that close with or doesn't even really care if I'm there, you know, like those kinds of things. I'm not doing obligation anymore. Um, and so I've had a couple opportunities to test that, and that's been interesting and hard and also really validating. Like, I can say no to that. Again, I'm in charge. I get to pick. I get to pick. How powerful is that? So those are that's another, like, huge one for me. Slow it down. Slow it down. Make sure there's time in my week that has nothing. Like, carve out nothing or start with nothing and don't fill it, right? Um, mm-hmm. and then And then part of what helps me do that is pulling obligation out of the out of the picture as well. Well said, because obligation, I mean, how many things do we end up saying yes to where we realize, oh, I just felt like I should, right? Yeah, That's huge. And you're right. It dovetails beautifully with my second huge lesson, which was about, and, and this is going to sound silly, I, I recognize it, but it really, I this somehow hadn't occurred to me before, that we get so busy and life gets so frenetic and fast paced that I think 
we can forget, and I certainly had, that we're the boss of that. And so when the world pushed the pause button for me, it was actually a huge blessing because I had just gotten on this hamster wheel and added more and more and more and didn't really like it. And I was frazzled and didn't even realize it. And I was always tired and I was always busy. And yet if I really looked at it, it was like, I put all those things there, or at least most of them. And that, again, that sounds so simplistic when you say it out loud, but I think we can forget that we are in charge of our own calendar Mm -hmm. and we don't have to say yes to everything. So when I was provided that beautiful opportunity where we literally had to say no to all of it, it was like, oh, my schedule's been cleaned off for me. And guess what? I get to pick what goes back on my plate Mm -hmm. after this. And that just, I mean, that was powerful for me. I, I had lost sight of feeling that I was the boss of my own schedule. It felt like a lot of my schedule was happening to me mm-hmm. rather than, mm-hmm. than I was making intentional decisions about what to put in it. And now I feel so much better. And I have already had an opportunity in two different spheres of my life where something has been offered to me. And I have done my due diligence to get more information, but ultimately said no. And that is not something that comes naturally to me. For those of you who've been longtime listeners, you know that I've only recently developed a backbone. So saying no to things, just it's just not easy for me, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. It's just, it's an actual struggle. But to get to a place of saying, wow, I don't think I have the bandwidth for that. It's very powerful. And yeah. the pandemic gave me that. And I am actually grateful for the pandemic in that way because that was a game changer for me. I mean, this is the thing, right? It's it, The theme here is I'm the boss. Like we're actually so much more in charge of ourselves than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. I get to pick who I'm in relationship with. I get to pick the activities that I participate in. I get to pick which things I force my kids to do or go to or, or whatever it is. That autonomy, we, we forget how autonomous we truly are. Yeah. So I I love that. I love that for you. And listeners, my my new favorite phrase, and I'm sorry if anybody listening ever gets this from me, now you know, <laughs> but I have also stopped explaining. Because honestly, Dina, when someone told you that they couldn't come to an event of yours, when have you ever asked them why? Never. Never, right? So we don't have to say like, oh, I'm so sorry. We've got this thing and I'm so tired and them and them and that. We don't have to ask for permission or forgiveness that we don't have the bandwidth for something. Mm-hmm. So I've just started saying, so sorry, we can't be there. Because it's true. I am sorry that I don't have the bandwidth to be there. Yeah. But just simple. I don't have to explain myself. And that's and that's not, again, it's not from a yucky place. It's just from a place of like, I need to take care of my people and myself. And, yeah. and that, again. That's became, reason enough. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, we've moved to the end of my list. Hey, that's impressive. <laughs> For having, what did you say, eight things? I feel yeah. like it's clipped right along. I put them in categories. And oh, just okay. Discussed, you know, an overarching category. They were under some umbrellas, There's some topic some, headings. Yeah, some topic headings. <laughs> okay. But this one's controversial, so wait for it, people. I'm telling you, the hate mail is going to come in. So I'm not entirely convinced anymore by this trajectory that we put our kids on of elementary school and you go to middle school and you go to high school and you get great grades and then you get into a great college and then you get a great job. And I am not sure I buy that anymore. So I don't know that I've learned it yet, but I'm exploring 
-hmm. Like, what is that? What is that? Because honestly, most of the people I know, you know, we talked about this on a recent episode, like you use your major, but that's very rare. It is. <laughs> right? So it's like we put them on this path. They're so stressed out. They're so overwhelmed. I see it even in my nine-year-olds. Why are we doing that? I'm just, I'm just not sold on it anymore. I don't know what the right answer is. So I provide you no tools and tips. <laughs> but it's really got me thinking, especially seeing my kids, just for the, the type of kids they are, you know, being home, especially for Reese, provided some interesting opportunities for him that I got to see him thrive in. And I was like, huh, that, you wouldn't have had that opportunity at school if you were at school. So like an example, I don't think I shared this on the show, his teacher this year, he went to his teacher on Zoom and said, hey, um, I want to teach this Greek mythology class and I've got this 14 lesson plan and I'm wondering if I can do that. And she was like, sure. So she showed up at lunchtime on Wednesdays on her break and all, like a bunch of kids from his class came and ate lunch and learned about Greek mythology and Reese got to teach and he loved it. And it, like it, he just blossomed. It was incredible to watch him do this. And like shout out to Miss Goodman. Thank you, Autumn Goodman. You're my hero. But it was really remarkable. I was like, that would have, I don't think that would have happened if he'd been on campus hmm. because they're so scheduled and we go here and we march here and we sit in the nice line and blah, blah, blah. And again, I think for some kids, that's a great trajectory. But the idea that we're trying to put all kids on that trajectory, just, I don't know, there's something about it I don't like. So I'm chewing on it, listeners. I'm chewing on it. Uh -oh, you can send your Kira hate mail to info. A at, no, she's not. <laughs> I, here's what I also learned, Dina. I am a terrible teacher. I mean, like, the, I am impatient. I'm like, how do you not understand this? I, I, I don't. And I'm terrible at third grade math. So it's a bad combo. <laughs> terrible teacher. Homeschooling is not for me. But it's more for me about why do we have an education system that doesn't serve a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of kids where that's not their trajectory. And then they're set up, like here's the mental health piece. They're set up to feel like failures because they don't fit into this. You do this and you do this and you do this. And for kids that like they thrive in that, because there are lots of kids who thrive, they, they thrive in that and they should be given that opportunity. That's wonderful. But there are so many kids that don't. And what's it doing to their self-esteem that there's no, there's so few options for them, right? I don't know. I've just, I'm just not sold. I'm going to shut up now. As I said, hate mail to info at futurefocusedparenting.com. You know, that never materializes. Kira's always like, I'm going to get hate mail for this. And then <laughs> nobody hates Kira. She's, I just feel like this might be a mathematical impossibility. I don't know. This one might do it. This one might do it. So anyway, that's the other thing I'm just chewing on. Like, huh. Hmm. Do I even need that for my kids? You know, yeah. do I need that? I don't know that I, I don't know that I need them to follow that path. And I don't know that I, I think I was very much like, you're so into the rhythm of it. It's, it's hard to not feel the pressure of it. And then again, sure. like you said, the world hit pause and we got a chance to go, okay, <laughs> yeah. what do I actually think about this? So I'm chewing on it. Chew away. That's, I mean, chewing on things is also good growth, right? Just sitting with something and processing it and. There's something great to be said for that. Well, the last thing I learned is lighthearted. So I saved kind of the silly one for last, but it's very true. And I learned that I actually really love social distancing <laughs> in most settings. I I don't want to be social distanced from my family. And I really miss 
being closer to my friends, like being able to hug them. And like, I just saw a friend uh, for lunch on Saturday and it was the first time we'd hugged And like, oh. I mean, I just can't, I can almost cry. It just, so that, that's not what I'm talking about, but as the person who used to just dread the part of church where they're like, stand up and shake some hands. I'm like, I love that we don't shake hands anymore. We just, just wave and say good morning. <laughs> like, And I just went to my first movie in a year and a half. <gasps> How was and, that? Oh my gosh. And it was glorious knowing no one was going to sit next to me. I didn't have to do the awkward who gets the armrest, who gets to put their drink in the cup holder. I mean, it was amazing. I... loved it. And so there's things like that where I'm realizing like just, I have a very tight personal bubble anyway, but to be able to move in the world and have my personal bubble respected because everyone else says you have to respect it was just (laughs) like, actually I've thought many times like, oh, I hope this part stays and I hope we keep this. That makes a lot of sense. That makes, especially if you've got like a, a larger bubble than the yes. average Joe, like that would feel good. Yes. And it, and <laughs> wow. it felt, and it, and it for the first time kind of felt socially, not just acceptable, but like I was doing the right thing by staying away from right. people. <laughs> right. Whereas before I always felt like I'm kind of a jerk if I just stick my hands in my pockets and say, oh, I don't, you know, but there again, back to the other thing I'm learning too, that I'm in charge, that it is okay. Like I'm hoping I move out into the world. We still haven't really been going to church in person very much, but I hope I become the person who's like, hi, so nice to meet you. I don't shake hands. Yes. Like Like, I could just get okay with that. Right. Like there's so many things I didn't take ownership of like, that's okay. I don't like shaking hands, you know? And so I don't know. That's a thing I'm still chewing on too. Like how do I own the parts of this that I've enjoyed and keep them? Because yeah, Yeah, there's a lot. Can we talk a second about like things I hope that stay? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I just did. (laughs) Okay. I hope that people, when they're sick, stay home. Yes. Please don't go to work. Not only because it's sharing, but like also for yourself. If you're sick, stay home. Rest. Um, Get better. You'll get better faster. And also, if you had something scheduled with your kids and their friends, like don't go to the play date. Thank you. Don't bring the green snot kid to the play date just because they don't have a fever. Can we do that? Green snot kid to the play date. Yes. So stay home. And personally, I hope that. It'll be optional, but I hope that people, like, if they do have to go somewhere and they're sick, they'll they'll put on a mask. It's so Mm. simple. Wear a mask. You got a cold. You got to go get cold medicine. Just put on a mask so no one else gets your cold. It's very simple. So I hope that sticks around. Um, I also have loved watching theater in my pajamas on my couch. (laughs) Like, legit, my new favorite thing. Because there's still, like, theater things happening. Mm -hmm. And I got to be honest with you, like... An 8 p.m. start time is very challenging for Kira Dorian because Kira Dorian's in bed by 10. So, you mm. know, I have to drive into Seattle and get parking and watch mediocre theater and then come home. And now I can do that in my pajamas on my couch. And when it's done, guess what? I turn it off and go to bed. This is my new favorite thing. I hope that stays. Oh. I hope I hope I have the option. And and the streaming in general. I hope we move back into in person, of course. Like we all need socialization. 
But I also love, like, what if there was also an opportunity for people to zoom in and Skype in and and see things and get to be a part of things that maybe they, like a wedding and you can't get to the wedding, but there's a stream. Like, why wouldn't you do that? I I know. I love that too. I really love that. I I love that. I thought it was so special that you got to watch Mark's show. Yes, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And so, so for our listeners who don't know, Mark was actually, we got to do very teeny audiences, but he got to be in a play and it was Charlie Brown. And so I thought, you know, Reese and Rhiannon might enjoy it. And so I told Kira about it and they got to watch it at home. (laughs) And it was so so great. great. Like we loved it. The kids were so, they were in hysterics. Mark is so funny, so funny. And they just loved it and we could watch it. And it wasn't like they were going to have this crazy bedtime, right? We were all under blankets, like watching Mark in his big show. It was, it was fantastic. Please let's keep that. Yes. And like just last week, our school had our graduation and there was a live stream for the first time ever. And so think of those grandparents who maybe aren't healthy enough to travel anymore, separate from COVID, or just are far away, or the weekend didn't work, to know you could still watch your family member graduate. I mean, I I agree. I think those kind of things are... I hope that is still an option. And I hope the creative thinking sticks around. People got really creative. I was Mm -hmm. blown away by some of the creative problem solving I saw in all ways, Whether it was, you know, you and Scott coming and we sat in the driveway and ate dinner, you know, and like had a chat and the social distance double date. We did it. It's not perfect, but we get to connect. Like there were just so many creative ways that people found to survive this. And I I hope we keep some of that. I really do. It forced us. It's like you said, the world hit pause and it forced us to really start to think differently and think creatively. And so I just hope listeners that that you got as much out of this year as we did. And I also hope that this past season for our listeners was okay. You know, like for Mm -hmm. those of you that weren't in a situation where you had enough food or enough shelter or a loving home, you know, or you had kids that were really struggling being home from school, like, please know that we're thinking about you and we got you. (laughs) We got Mm -hmm. you. And we hope that you're recovering and healing and finding a way finding a way out of that as we start to reemerge. For those of us that really had the bandwidth and the space to be able to grow, I I hope that you guys have learned some stuff too. And we'd love to hear what that is. So this week on social media, we will be talking about what did you learn this year? And please share, please engage, join us in that conversation. We would love to hear from you. And just a reminder that we will be back on July 19th with our season five opener, but we do have episodes for the next two weeks. So if you're new to the show, there are probably things like Dina said that you haven't heard. So do check them out. And they're good refreshers for those of you that have always been with us. Well, and that break is also maybe a great time to think about this. If you haven't haven't yeah. taken a chance to just think about, you know, what were maybe the hidden blessings in this year for you? What was... What was helpful? What did you learn? How did you grow? While we have a couple weeks off per se, you know, it's a great time to think about that. Sometimes summer affords a little more space for that kind of thinking. So we just wanted to encourage all of you to, you know, let us know what's that been for you. Take some time. And then, and then like Kira said at the top, then you can set your intention going forward. And what are those things you're going to carry with you as we emerge out of this and come out the other side? It's a good time for that. It really is. It really is. So thank you for helping make four seasons of Raising Adults a success. We are one of the top parenting podcasts, which is just 
so mind cool. blowing. <laughs> mind blowing. Um, and we wouldn't be there without you. If you have not joined us on social media, now's a great time. We are at Future Focused Parenting. And guess what, guys? We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, but we are now on Pinterest and Twitter. So if you haven't followed us over there, please do at Future Focused Parenting. We would love to hear from you over the break. If you want to say hi, info at futurefocusedparenting.com or hate mail to Kira. We have things to say about the education system. Um, and, and last but not least, if you've been thinking about becoming a member, now is a wonderful time. You can go to our website, futurefocusedparenting.com. Click on membership and they'll tell you all about it. But we would love to see you in those VIP calls. We would love to have you watching Future Focused in Five. We just recorded one today. And we would also just love to have your support. So thank you to everyone who has joined. Thank you to all of you amazing listeners for four fantastic seasons. We're just so honored. We're just so honored we get to be with you. I, I That's the best word for it. Mm-hmm. So have an amazing couple weeks, FFPs, and we will be back with you July 19th. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in my laundry room and partially in Dina's coat closet. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee and editing by our amazing editor, Allison Preisinger. Thanks for listening. <laughs>